We are now going to turn our attention uh, to Haiti. Those of you who are regular listeners of Sojourner Truth, you know we do uh, try our best to keep you up to date with what is happening on the ground in Haiti. Indeed, our Sojourner Truth team, myself, our assistant producer, Romero Funes, we have been there uh, several times and uh, produced videos and letting you know politically what is happening on the ground and, and reporting what uh, about the massive protests that have been going on um, for quite some time now on the ground in Haiti. And while we know um, the government of Haiti, the present government, um, it is broken. Its people and grassroots movements are absolutely not. So we want to po- focus today on some positive news uh, coming out of Haiti. In 2001, the Aristide Foundation for Democracy broke ground on the construction of Haiti's largest medical school, the University of the Aristide Foundation, known as UNIFA. Now, Haitian, Cuban, and European physicians, as well as physicians from the United States, have supported this initiative. It's a collaboration made possible by um, the restored diplomatic relations between Haiti and Cuba, for example, beginning in the late 1990s. Cuba sent doctors uh, to Haiti and opened its medical schools to Haitian students. And the Aristide Foundation took this corporation one step further by opening the medical school, initially a medical school, UNIFA, where Cuban and other medical professors trained Haitian doctors in Haiti. And for decades, UNIFA has played a pivotal role in fulfilling the medical needs of the most vulnerable. And you might recall at the the time of the the U.S.-backed coup against um, democratically elected uh, President Aristide. President Aristide, Madame Aristide, their children were uh, basically kidnapped, forced uh, out of uh, Haiti, the Central African Republic. We just had Congresswoman Maxine Waters on the air, uh, I think it was yesterday, Maxine Waters went to the Central African Republic and made sure um, that uh, they were, they got out of there safely. And President Aristide when he returned to Haiti as a result of such a huge movement on the ground in Haiti and internationally pressing for his um, uh, return, one of the things he said he would focus on is um, education. And indeed, he has been true to his word. And before welcoming uh, Madame Aristide, I'd like to go to a very short clip now on the background on UNIFA. President Jean-Bertrand Aristide returned to Haiti in 2011, determined to reopen UNIFA, to carry out his vision of providing a human rights-based model of education as the building block for effective change. UNIFA provides a safe environment for critical thinking, where young people gain the skills and knowledge to lead their country forward. UNIFA is unique in its commitment to break down social, economic, and gender barriers to higher education. Students receive a superior education for less tuition than other local private universities. A certain number of scholarships are granted to high school students with top grades throughout Haiti and provides a dormitory for students living in the outskirts. More than half of the students are young women. Matriculated students are encouraged to put their new knowledge at the service of poor communities. In fall of 2017, 
UNIFA's law school is launching a civic education program in the community to teach about rule of law and citizens' rights. Medical, nursing, and physical therapy students volunteer on a regular basis, assisting doctors and nurses at the Aristide Foundation's mobile clinic, serving thousands of local families. All righty, and I would now like to welcome uh, Madame Aristide, the former First Lady of Haiti. She is an attorney, an author, a member of the Board of Administration of the University of the Aristide Foundation, uh, known as UNIFA. Since reopening in 2011, UNIFA has graduated at least 230 new doctors, 78 new nurses, eight physiotherapists, 30 lawyers, providing young people in Haiti with the skills and knowledge to lead their country forward. And I'm not quite sure if those numbers are old, but I'm sure Madame Aristide will correct us. Uh, Madame Mildred Aristide, welcome. Thank you very much, Margaret. And those numbers do not include last year's graduation. So they are have increased, so we are up to 378 doctors, 97 nurses, 26 physical therapists, and 51 lawyers who have graduated. That is just an, an amazing uh, accomplishment in, in such a short time, Madame Aristide. I've had the honor of attending a few of the, the graduations uh, at UNIFA, and they're like graduations that I have never seen, really, really so moving and, and thousands of, of Haitians, it seemed they can't fit into the hall, spilling out outside, so proud of what you all have been able to accomplish at UNIFA. So uh, tell us a little bit about what is happening now with UNIFA and also about the hospital uh, project that is underway. Yes. Well, thank you very much for having me on the program this morning, Margaret. As we said, we've reopened in, in the setup that you, you, um, you aired before I came on since we reopened in 2011 upon our return from South Africa. We've had, you know, we've made su substantial progress. Apart from these numbers in terms of graduates, we can say that this year we have eight professional schools on top of the medical, nursing, law, physical therapy, the newly added schools are dentistry, agriculture, and economic, uh, administration and economy, and um, engineering. So right now, um, our student population stands at roughly, I would say, close to 3,000. Uh, the bulk of our students are in the School of Medicine, but we have the other uh, schools, as I said. And as the world, and as everyone knows, we've gone through a difficult year last year with the uh, with the pandemic also in Haiti, forcing the closing of, of the school during the second semester. Um, but we were able to continue with courses online. We do have an online platform that we developed because we knew that we would have not only the situation with the pandemic, but as you may remember, last year, last fall, there was uh, a lockdown in the country due to protests against the political situation situation which forced the closing and so we have developed a platform where students are able to do classes online so that was able to go forward and we were able to complete last year and enter this new year um you know under strain and difficulties but uh, we're very proud of our students who have 
persevered and our professors who were able to adapt to new learning methods. Um, so that's where we stand uh, in terms of the uh, campus, uh, in terms of the university this year. Yeah, and we know also, I mean, I'm not quite sure now in, in the time of COVID as this is still going on, but um, just in addition to the work happening on the campus, um, you know, your students have also, for example, the medical students, from what I understand, um, went out into the community. I mean, mobile clinics or helping mm -hmm. to, there, there's also a clinic over at the um, Addisteed Foundation, the building of the Addisteed Foundation, helping people who might not otherwise have access to health care, Madame Addisteed. That's right. Our students, all of the students in the, um, in, the, uh, in the health services are required to participate in the mobile clinics that we do at the foundation. And, um, and additionally, for instance, you know, last week, this week, the 12th was the sad anniversary, 11th anniversary of the earthquake. And our students, not only from the health, the health services, but um, accompanied by other students, did go to one of the 10 cities, which unfortunately still exists in Haiti. And these are people who, who, were, um, who lost their homes and what homes they had and have been in these tent facilities. I say facilities, but really just an encampment. And the students, um, uh, they, they, um, they questioned, they talked to the, the, uh, the residents to see, to learn more about the way that they're living, what caused them to be there, what they need, their needs are now. And so the students are working on this as a sort of research project and really to understand better what the challenges that are, continue to be faced by people who have been made homeless by the earthquake. So this, we, partic we encourage our students to be as active in the community as we can. We have had a, um, a law clinic program where students go to the area high schools and they do a lecture on different topics and subjects in the law just to encourage a greater understanding of, of, of topics. And that's, you know, that's, that's part of our vision is that we have to be an active member of the community as well as a university. Yeah, and you know, when the times that I've been here and, and met and talking with young people, there's a lot of talk about um, what they call uh, mental decolonization, and they're quite passionate about it, and it's really uh, something to see uh, groups of, of young people, I mean, discussing uh, these matters and, and with such hope um, for the future, given everything that um, is happening on, on the ground in, in Haiti. Uh, so also, Madame Aristide, tell us a bit about the possibility of a, a hospital on, on the campus. Yeah, well, it's more than a possibility. It is a reality. We have dedicated <laughs> four acres of the space <clears throat> to the construction of the hospital, and construction has been underway for the past at least a year and a half. And you mentioned Congresswoman Waters. She was in Haiti um, spring of 2019. She, alongside Danny Glover, Walter Riley, um, and I'm thinking who else was in that delegation. But when they came in, they were able to visit and kind of help us break ground on and launch the kind of the fundraising arm of the construction, but they were there, they were on site, they visited with the architect who has designed the space, and we've progressed quite, you know, quite uh, substantially since then. It's going to be on the three levels, and we've already constructed three levels. All of the um, foundation walls are in place, and we've 
poured the uh, reinforced cement roofing on all three levels, and that was as of about two weeks ago. So substantial work, um, still yet to, to do, but we have really uh, more than the skeleton of the structure is up and, um, and is, is, is in place, and the work is continuing. And uh, as I understand, they're even working a night shift to really rapidly uh, complete the construction. And we will open in a phased way. You know, we want to have seven critical, you know, necessary services, including an emergency room, pharmacy lab, and other essential services. But we understand that we will open in a phased way so that once we have a certain section of the building ready, we can start and move forward because the need is that great. You know, we have a lot of medical, nursing, PT, and dentistry students, which means that they have to do their training. And right now, they're spread throughout throughout the country, really, doing their um, residency and internship work. We'd like for them to do that in our own teaching hospital under the supervision of our professors and our physicians um, to train them in the way that, that we want them to be trained. So the hospital project is absolutely moving forward. Um, and, um, you know, I don't want to give a timeline of when we will be complete. As I said, it will be in a phased way. But we are very, we are doing everything on our end to, to move forward. Right. That is so exciting. I was there at the time that you mentioned with Congresswoman Waters and Danny Glover, Pierre Labossier of Haiti Action uh, Committee was always there. Also there, we we took some photos, et cetera, of, you know, some of the work that was was happening there. And Congresswoman Waters, you know, lifting up the shovel and, you know, um, uh, pouring. You were almost a fixture at UNIFA, so that I don't have to say that you were there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 no, um, absolutely. But um, the thing about it, though, is that this is a, a massive project, and we know what the situation is on the ground in, in Haiti. And I must say, it's just been remarkable. Uh, your resilience, first of all, Madame Aristide, with everything you have been through uh, with your family and uh, maintaining your work. You, you work so hard. You're on the board of governors. And as Laura Flynn said in a webinar that was held last year about the hospital, there's so much that you do there, you know, from where to find the and of, of watch you operate um, uh, there on the campus uh, wearing lots of hats, but including doing outreach uh, for support for UNIFA and for people in the United States, particularly people who are connected with a university, with an academy, um, with a medical school or who are in the field. Um, what are some of the things you think people can do to support um, this hospital um, moving forward as quickly as possible? Because yes, it absolutely is a reality. And um, I'm sure you you support coming from the United States, uh, good people in the United States would be indeed welcome, Madam Aristide. Yes, and thank you for your kind words. Before I answer that, let me say, you know, the effort that we put in, that all of the staff and the professors and the administration, you know, I think pale to the effort put in by the students. I want to give one example. Recently, my husband was speaking to one student graduated, I think, a year or two ago, and was now working at in a town called Akaye, which is a historic town. It's the town where Haiti's flag the, um, was, was sewn back in 1803. And she is now, she's a doctor, and she's working at a clinic there, and he was speaking to her. And he said, well, how long have you been, work, how long have you been in Akaye? 
Arcaia is approximately one and a half to uh, to two hour drive, but that's a straight drive from Arcaia to Yunifa. And she laughed and she says, well, I've always lived in Arcaia. And he said, how? She said, even as a student, she was living at home and commuting every day to Yunifa. When I say an hour and a half drive, that's if you were to have a private car and to drive straight, which is not the case for a vast majority of patients, as you know. So think about the effort that this student put in to come in every day, go home on a road that absolutely would take her at least three hours, I would estimate, but every day putting in that effort because she knew that this is what, what she wanted. So when we see that kind of effort by our students to persevere and to pursue their studies, you know, we just have to step up to the plate. And yes, we accept and we've always been open to um, assistance from the U.S., from, as you said, Cuba, Europe, and all. We had, here from the California area, we had a professor from UC Davis Med School, I believe, who was with us a year ago, not this past year, but a year and, about a year and a half ago, who did a course, a week-long course in neurobiology. I, I don't remember the topic, but it was a topic that we were not able to offer at UNIFA, but Professor Dr. Douglas, Douglas Gross, was able to do the course alongside one of our professors who's completely bilingual. So they did the course for a week and a half, and we invited other area medical schools to participate in the seminar because knowing that this was a great opportunity, and so we opened it up. And that was a great, a, a great event. And that's the kind of cooperation and support that we welcome from folks. Additionally, as you mentioned, you know, we did the webinar, and so there was a, a really powerful fundraising that, um, that, that came from that. We also have received in the past a donation of medical uh, uh, models and um, what are, and posters and, and, and other things, computers and, and books that have come from the states that have also assisted us greatly. So, and, and teachers, you know, that uh, Professor uh, Dr. Gross was in there for a week, but we've had folks come in for two days to come and give, you know, a short seminar on a topic or have stayed a little longer. So these are the kinds of cooperation that we encourage and that we are completely open to um, um, to to entertaining and to and to and to having uh, at UNIFA. Yeah, and and for professors and and others who might want to contribute and share their expertise, um, they don't necessarily have to now travel to Haiti because so much is happening virtually. Uh, would you welcome yes. participation um, by yes. academics and people useful to the work you're doing? Uh, at UNIFA um, virtually as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely. And as a matter of fact, wh one thing that we are launching this semester is an online law degree program. And we already have, there's a, 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 an American professor of law based in Delaware, Erin Delaware, Daly, who has been with us for a few years, who is bilingual, and she has she is participating as one of the uh, one of the instructors in the online right. program. Now she speaks French, but we are also very clear that we will do what it takes to do the translation and to provide 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 the tools so that the 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 instruction, even if it's in English, we can have it um, either translated or we could work through 
to, in order for it to happen. So right. I'm, I'm afraid, Madame Aristide, time flew, and we are now out of time, but I want to really thank all of our listeners who over the years have helped to uh, make contributions towards the law school, the dental school, and, and others. Hopefully we have helped a little bit. And for those of you who are listening right now, you can go to the Haiti Emergency Relief Fund, and you could donate there uh, to assist with the hospital and the work of the UNIFA. Madame Aristide, thank you so very much for joining us and please stay well and safe.